Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Have you found 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through to 27? And we're going to lay a foundation on what the Lord has laid on my heart to share with you this morning. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member but many. And if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather these members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I have been in the United States close to three weeks now and have been ministering for the last two weeks in a town called Gypsum in Colorado where the Lord led us to plant a church in that part of the world. Ever since I have set my foot in the United States this time, the Holy Spirit began to impress upon my heart over and over and over again the importance of godly relationships. How God views relationships, what the New Testament talks about relationships, and the place and the value and the honor that godly relationships have in the heart of the Father. I have not been able to move away from this subject. In fact, I got up this morning wanting to preach a message which I believed it was of the Lord, but as I waited on the Lord, 
again the Spirit of God began to direct my heart and my thoughts towards the value and the importance of the relationships we have in the body of Christ. And from what we've just read, I gained the understanding that if the body of Christ is to function the way God designed it to function, we need to understand the value of relationships and respect our differences in the body of Christ. Not one of us is the same. We are all different. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different ethnicity, with different way of understanding things and different gifts that God has graced us. And Paul explained in the above verses that we read, the need we have for each other and the care we should have for each other if we are to function as the body of Christ. Notice how the word says that if one member suffers, we all suffer. And if one is honored, we are all honored because we are members of the same body, the body of Christ. You know, many people, even in the Christian community, would like to decapitate the head from the body. You know, I love the Lord, but I hate my brother. I can't stand my brother. I will submit to the Lord, but I will submit to no man. That's that's ignorance gone to seed. You cannot separate the head from the body. Amen? Amen. The same respect we have for the Lord, we should have the same respect for the body of Christ. The same love we share and we have for the Lord, we should have the same care, the same love for the body of Christ. Every single one and every single member. The glue that holds the body of Christ together are the relationships that have been brought together by God and are held together by the mutual love and respect they have for one another. Notice that 1 Corinthians 12.18, the word says, God has set the members in the body just as He pleased. God chose where you fellowship. God chooses with whom you will be linked to. You don't have a choice who your brother, who your sister is. God chooses and He has placed you in a place that it pleases Him. Not you, but Him. And, as I said, what holds us together are the godly relationships and the love and the mutual respect we should have for one another. I have come to understand lately that relationships carry tremendous value and importance in the eyes of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father is relational. Jesus Christ is very relational. The Holy Spirit is relational. So God, the Trinity, is relational. And if we have been born by His Spirit, and we have the life and the nature of God in our spirit, then by the divine nature that we have within us, we ought to be relational as well. 
So God highly values relationships. And Father requires, in fact, this is a necessity, it's a must, that our relationships in the body of Christ are in order before we worship or serve Him in any acceptable way. You cannot worship God above the level of your relationships. You cannot offer anything to God that He will accept unless your relationships, both in the family and in the larger spiritual family, are in order. And you recall, Jesus said, if you come to the altar to offer your sacrifice or your gift or your song or your worship, and there you remember that your brother has ought against you, leave your gift there, run, go and be reconciled with your brother, with your sister, and then come and offer your gift and God will receive it. So many times we want to serve God, worship God, give to God without examining the state of our relationships. You may give something to God, but there's no guarantee that He will receive it unless your relationships are in order. Go and be reconciled. Go and make right with your brother. Never mind you having ought against someone, but if you remember that someone has ought against you, You need to go and sort out that relationship. And then come and offer your service, your worship, your sacrifice, and it will be accepted by God and God will bless you. God taught me a great lesson in 2002. I received a directive from the Holy Spirit to fly to Cyprus, where I was born and raised, in order to set my relationship right with my dad and with my brother. Because certain things have happened, and believe me, I had nothing to do with it. Yet, I was to blame. I was to blame by my dad, and I was to blame by my brother, for one reason or another. And God spoke to me, and He said, I want you to go and sort out your relationship with your dad and with your brother, whatever the cost. Do whatever is necessary But don't come back until those relationships are restored. So I flew over to Cyprus, and I went to meet my dad. And to cut a long story short, I said, Dad, what will it take for you to forgive me? Because every time I called him on the phone from South Africa, he would complain. He had ought against me. And one of the things he had against me was that you don't come often enough. You don't take care of us. We're getting old. And you are thousands of miles. Why don't you come to Cyprus? Why don't you come and take care of us? A thing that I could not possibly do. I had a family. I had a call from God. And the call from God takes priority in my life. Not, not, not wife or children or father or brother or sister. I have to fulfill the call of God. I could not move over to Cyprus without the will of the Lord. But my dad thought that way. So he said, I want you to repent for all the things you've done and all the things you said to me and for not coming and doing what you're supposed to do toward your parents. I humbled myself and I said, I'm sorry, Dad. Please forgive me. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Well, he did. Then I went to my brother. 
And my brother suffered from a mental illness called schizophrenia. Whenever I visited Cyprus, he was always so afraid I was going to take his inheritance from him. And he would not approach me, he would not talk to me, he would mistreat me and my wife and children. And so when I've approached him, we sat in one of the bedrooms, him and I, and I said, Savas, what will it take for you and I to be friends again? I miss you. I only have one brother. And I miss you. What will it take for you to forgive me or for you to be reconciled to me? He said, God is my witness. I want you to hand over your inheritance to me, the portion that is yours. I said, gladly I will do that. You mean much more to me than any house or material things. I release it over to you. And when I did that, the Holy Spirit came upon us in that room and flooded the room with the light of God. And we both wept like little children. And for the first time, I could hug my brother and enjoy a real meaningful conversation with him. In fact, when I left and I came back to Cape Town, he sent me a letter, something he had never done. He said, I had seen a dream last night. I was in a very dark room. And I couldn't find where the switch was to turn the light on. And I groped in the dark, he said, and you came. And you turned that switch on. And light flooded my bedroom. Sometimes I wonder, what will it cost you to mend a relationship that is broken? And one of the things God wants to do this morning here with you is to restore your relationships is to restore and put back on track your relationship with God if it's damaged and your relationship with your brother, with your sister, with your father, with your mother. There is an anointing here this morning, a prophetic anointing. And that anointing is to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and restore godly relationships. Part of my ministry and the anointing that is upon this ministry is to bring restoration. Isaiah 58 12. And you will be the repairer of the bridge and the restorer. God values relationships. How much do you and I value these godly relationships that the Lord has brought into our lives? I believe that every relationship we have in the Lord is a special gift given to us from God. And it needs to be managed properly and we need to invest into it. So often, so many times, we value things that carry no value in the light of eternity. We invest our lives into things that in the light of eternity they carry no weight, they carry no value. Isn't it time to examine and re-evaluate priorities and begin to invest in those godly relationships that God has given you? 
invest our time, invest our prayers, invest our resources, and whatever else we have in order to see those relationships grow and mature and bring great blessing, not just to us, but to those around us. Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What that means is, what you and I treasure in life, what we consider as valuable, our hearts will wrap itself around it. And if you and I treasure and value earthly and material things, guess where our hearts and our lives will be invested into? We will wrap our hearts around material things. But if we treasure and value spiritual things, godly things, relationships for instance, our hearts will wrap itself around those things that carry value and worth in the sight of God and we will be continually investing into them. Amen. Amen. I always say that relationships are like your garden if you have a garden. You don't tend to it for a week or two. You don't water it. You don't cultivate it. You don't uh, speak to your plants and treat them kindly. Guess what you will have? And so relationship, no garden at all. And if you treat your relationships that way, you don't water it. You don't affirm it. You don't, you don't pour into them. You don't invest into them. You don't communicate. Guess what your relationships will, will do? They will dry up. Amen? Amen. You won't have them anymore. Now, if relationships are of high value and priority with God, what do you think we should be doing? And where do you think we should be investing into? Amen? Amen? Think about that. Now, of course, not all relationships are the same, nor do they carry the same value or importance. My relationship with the Lord is of high priority. Nothing and no one else can supersede that. The time that I invest in my relationship with the Lord on a daily basis by meditating in His Word, in prayer, by waiting on Him, by listening to Him, by obeying Him, is not a waste of time. Amen? And all of us should be doing that. You can't have an intimate, growing relationship with the Lord Jesus if all you do is come to church once a week. Or open your Bible once a week. You know... You cannot, you cannot have a growing and intimate and meaningful relationship with the Lord if that is all you do. If you're not hungry for the things of God, if you're not hungry for the presence of God, for the Word of God, for prayer, then your relationship will stagnate. All you will have is a ritual and empty religion without substance. And that's what Christianity turns into. When you remove relationship and intimacy from it, all you have is an empty shell, empty religion that has no power but just a form of godliness without the power. And we need to turn back to God and seek Him in a meaningful way. Search Him with all of our hearts. Get to know Him better than we've ever known Him. 
For the best is yet to come. There is much more that God wants to give you. Much more that He wants to pour into your life. Further, take you further than you've ever gone. But God cannot take you to places where you don't want to go. Where you're not hungry. Where you're not thirsty. He can only take you as far as you're willing to go. Amen. Amen. And so, this is where we receive our daily strength, our encouragement, our divine protection. This is where my purpose in life is renewed as I wait on the Lord. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you ever find yourself saying, oh, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I can't take this anymore. Any longer. Lord, I'm tired. I want to get out of this marriage. I want to get out of this relationship. I want to get out of this church. I've had enough. Anytime you feel that way, then your tank is empty and you need to refill it. It's because you're not taking the time to do what the Word of God says do. You cannot resist temptation in that state of weakness. But those that wait upon the Lord, listen to me, church. They shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and will not faint even in the old age. Because the Lord is the one who renews our strength. Hallelujah. My relationship with my wife is far more important than my ministry or my relationship with the flock that I shepherd. We need to set up priorities. Any time that my relationship with my wife is not in order, I will be greatly hindered in my execution of my ministry towards my flock. And Peter says, my prayers will be hindered. He said, husbands, live with your wives according to knowledge. As the weaker vessel, that your prayers may not be... You see, you cannot even pray if your relationships are not right. Now, you can pray and cry all you want to, but God is, will have none of it. Not until we put right what needs to be put right. So we have to be careful and sensitive and gentle, especially with our spouses, with our children. I recall one of the things that my eldest daughter remembers very well is that he said, Dad, even though you disciplined us, and you disciplined us right never in anger, when you made a mistake, you were not proud or big enough to come before we go to sleep and say, I'm sorry, I was angry for no reason, or I did that and I made a mistake. Please forgive me. She remembers that and she always tells me that. That's what's stuck in her mind. Amen? Amen. And so, therefore, we need not only to study the subject of relationships. I, I literally mean study. But learn how to invest in each and every one of our relationships. So that they are maintained and they are strengthened. Whom has God connected you to? You need to know. Whom has God brought into your life? You need to respect that person and treat them with great respect and honor. Even the least one. Because the way you do unto the least one is the way you behave towards the Lord Jesus. You cannot behave any differently to the 
to the head if you if, if, if your attitude towards the toe. It's this same body. The Apostle John says, how can you say you love God if you can't love your brother whom you've seen? How can you love God whom you have not seen? Hello? Amen. Amen. Relationships. Relationships can bring great joy and and blessing into our lives. I have relationships that that span the, the, the length of time. 30 year relationship. Here I have with this woman here. She is the reason I first came to the United States 30 years ago. She is the reason God used her to open the door to this great country of yours for me. She called me and she said, the Lord spoke to me and he told me to invite you to come to the United States. And if you don't have the funds, I'll send you the funds. What she didn't know was I already made plans to come. Amen. Then here we have Steve and Nikki. 20 year relationships and going strong. Those relationships that God brings into your life, He brings them for a reason and for a purpose. You ought to respect them. You ought to love them. You ought to affirm them. When was the last time you stood before your pastor or before your, 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 your apostle and you, you looked him in the eye and you said, I appreciate you. I love you. I'm committed to you. And I am here to stand by you. The other day without really planning on it, as I was ministering to the young church that we have in Gypsum, the Spirit of God prompted me to do something I had never done before. Not in all the years of my ministry. I looked at my flock in the eyes. I took their hand and I looked them in the eye and I said to them, I am your shepherd sent to you by God and I am committed to you. I will walk with you. I will pray for you. I will fight with you and your enemies will be my enemies. And like the great shepherd of the sheep who walks with you in the valley of the shadow of death, I will walk with you when you're in pain. I will stand by you and love you unconditionally because God had called me to do that. Do you know what that does? To the relationship between shepherd and sheep, it affirms, it strengthens. I often send letters, messages to my partners who support me prayerfully and financially. Say, I love you, I appreciate you, I'm praying for you. Often God would come to me in dreams and show me things about the people I'm responsible for. The people whom He has given to me. I'm not responsible for the whole body of Christ or for the world. Jesus said, I do not pray for the world. I pray for those whom you have given to me. And we need to know whom God has given to us. Especially as shepherds. That's why in our church we have membership. If you're not a member, I don't know you. You can visit, you can come and go, but I'm not committed to you because you're not committed to me. These are some of the things that we really don't understand what it means to be in covenant and what it means to be committed to the relationships that God brings into our lives. Without commitment there is no growth. 
Without commitment, there is no, no, no moving of God because God honors the commitments that we make, especially with those whom God brings into our lives. I have come to understand that the strength and the quality of our relationship with the Lord Jesus determines how far He can take us. The stronger your relationship with the Lord, the further He will take you. But not only that, it also determines how much we are willing to sacrifice for the benefit of His purposes on the earth. If my commitment with the Lord and to the Lord is, is growing and it's greater and greater as I, as I grow in age, I grow in my commitment, then my sacrifices, the sacrifices that I make towards the Lord and toward His purposes on the earth will be much greater. Amen? Amen? Amen. Remember the woman with the alabaster box? Whole year's wages. Some of them look, the natural people, the carnal people, the fleshly people, and say, what a waste. But what she poured on Jesus' feet was the great love and devotion she had for this man. Because he saved her from her sins. And the measure of our sacrifices often determined the measure of the love we have for the Lord. The measure we honor the man of God in our lives, the measure we sacrifice, the measure we give, tells us how much we value and we appreciate those gifts that God has sent to us. Amen? Amen. The strength and the quality of the relationship we have in our churches will determine the depth of the work of the Holy Spirit will do in us and through us. If there is no depth of relationship in any fellowship, the Holy Spirit cannot work. If our relationships in the church is shallow and superficial, then there's nothing the Holy Spirit can do. Are you listening to me? I have discovered this, that the foundation upon which Christ builds is our relationships. Relationships are the foundation upon which Christ builds His church. And Psalms 11 verse 3 says, Listen, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Absolutely nothing. If our relationships are damaged and destroyed, Jesus, the righteous one, can do nothing. His work stops. The Holy Spirit ceases to reveal His Word. Revelation knowledge stops. Paul said that to the Corinthians. He said, I came and I wanted to minister to you, but I could not speak to you as mature believers. I wanted to share revelation knowledge with you, but I could not because you're not able to receive it. Why? Because there are divisions and strife and jealousy amongst you. You're still carnal. 
The relationships were not in order. They were shallow. They were not spiritual. Therefore, the wisdom of God, the revelation of the Spirit could not flow. That is why I say, if the relationships in any given fellowship are shallow and damaged, there is nothing the Holy Spirit can do until those relationships are restored. And it takes great humility often to restore those relationships. Take the blame if you have to. Just like the Lord said to me, just do whatever. Whatever is possible. Whatever is in your... Do it. Take the blame if you would. Be not afraid and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Even if you're not to blame. But restore that relationship. The way we relate to one another. The way we respect and honor one another. The way we serve one another, love one another. Will build a strong hedge. An invisible hedge of protection around us like a fortress and above us that the enemy cannot penetrate. Let me ask you a question. If you were the devil and you knew and he knows that relationships are the foundation and the basis upon which Christ works and builds his church, what would you be doing? Focus, attack, divide the relationships. And often uses our own flesh, our own weaknesses, amen, our own attitudes to destroy those relationships. That's why we have to be very careful. Guard your tongue. Lord, set a watch before my mouth that I may not sin against you. The way we speak about one another often, behind the back. The way we... Did you you hear that? Did you see this? And we would find the weaknesses in a brother. And we would begin to pick at it. Judge and criticize. Stop it! You're doing the work of the devil. Amen. 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 And it will stop the work of God. Now, not only will be, we will be covered and protected by the Lord as we learn to respect and honor even the least member and treat one another with the love of God, then we will create an atmosphere within the house of God that is so attractive to people in the world. They will run. You don't have to go out and evangelize. There will be an invisible attraction that will bring them into this place. Why? So that they could be healed. They could be ministered to emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. God will see to it that they brought into this atmosphere of love and honor and respect. 
And where there is such an atmosphere, the power of the Holy Spirit will flow and will minister to individuals. There are many with broken hearts, broken lives, broken homes. Wherever you look, there is devastation and there is destruction of families, of children that have been abandoned by the fathers, by the mothers. Where would they find healing if they cannot find it in the house of God? They will come, they will come by the thousands because they will find acceptance. They will find genuine care and genuine love and they will find prayer and the ministry of the Holy Spirit will be strong and mighty. But only as we learn to love one another as Jesus gave us that commandment. I will tell you what will transform any region is a radical demonstration of the love of God. When people come in contact with the God kind of love, they cannot remain the same ever. The Word of God says it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. What led me to repentance? What led you? It was the love, the unconditional love, the mercy, the grace, the kindness of God, that no matter what we've done, where we have been, He opened His arms and loved us and welcomed us. And as we were drawn into the goodness of God, there was a radical transformation from the inside began to come out on the outside. No one can stand against the love of God. The Word of God says, love never fails. Amen. And when we start giving love to one another, and giving love to the sinner, and giving love to the unloved, and giving love to those that are difficult to love, guess what will take place? God will change them. But God does the changing, not you. We try to do God's work so often. Try to change our husbands, change our wives, change our children. Stop it. Just love them. Simply show them the kindness of God. The generosity of God. The walls will come down. Amen. I've seen that take place over and over again. Even the hardest heart and the hardest nut will crack when we consistently demonstrate to them the kindness, the generosity and the love of our Heavenly Father. That's what the Lord has repeatedly spoken to my heart since I have set my foot in the United States this time. The importance of relationships and not only just in, but the commitment we should have not just towards the Lord but towards one another. Amen. Commitment. I'm committed to you. I say to my flock, I'm committed to you. I'm not going anyway. Amen. In fact, one young lady said to her mother, after I declared my commitment to them, she said, Mom, what's going to happen if something happens to Pastor Andreas? You know, she felt secure by what I said. She believed what I said. And she felt secure. Now this is a young lady that has grown with an abusive father. Always abusing the children verbally. Never known the love of a father. 
And when I spoke those words, they brought healing to her heart. So she began to be concerned. What's going to happen, Mom, if something happens to Pastor Andreas? And the mother came and, and told me. I said, tell her, nothing will happen to me. God didn't send me to you to take me out the next day. Amen. 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 We need to affirm our commitment towards one another. Because we're members of the same body. I'm not just committed to the head, I'm committed to the body. I'm not going anywhere. I love the body. I, I invested my life and I'm investing my life for the welfare of the body of Christ. To equip, to train, to empower people so that they can do the works of the ministry. That is what I've invested my life into. And I have no regrets. I would never dream of doing anything else but equipping the saints of God. And I'm committed to them. And I let them know what the Lord showed me this time. He said, let your people know that you are committed to them. That you love them. That you will pray for them. It brings strength in your relationships. It affirms and strengthens and blesses the hearts of those who hear you. Words have power, folks. Words can destroy lives and words can build them up. The power of life and death is in the tongue and we must learn to use words right. Especially when it comes to building and investing in our relationships. There's a special relationship between a shepherd and his flock. It is unique. Every one of you should know who your shepherd is. Amen. And every shepherd should have a shepherd. Amen. A person whom you can go to, whom you can open your heart, whom can, you can be yourself and you know he's not going to criticize you, he's not going to think any less of you, but he's going to love you even more. Yes. And when you have a person in that in your life, honor him and honor her because these gifts are precious. Yes. There are thousands upon thousands of believers in huge churches that are lonely, disconnected, isolated. They don't know who the father, who the mother is in the spirit, who the shepherd is. They don't have a shepherd. That's why Jesus said, The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his field. True godly laborers. Jeremiah chapter 3, God says, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. They will feed you, not with hype and excitement, but they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. Pray that God, if you haven't got such a shepherd, that God would send you one. One who would cry with you. One who would rejoice with you. And pray with you. And see you through the floods and the fire. And walk with you in those difficult and trying times of your life. The relationship between shepherd and his sheep are very special and very unique. And we ought to respect that relationship. And honor it. And value it. And invest into it. Prayer and time and money because it's special. Amen. Amen. Don't just love with words. Oh, I love you, Pastor. Appreciate you. Well, let me see if I take those words down to the store uh, and see what they tell me. 
Amen. There is a place for words, but there is a place for action. Amen. Amen. Do not love just in word, but in deed and in truth. Do something special for your shepherd. Something you haven't done before. Show how much you honor the man of God in your life. You will be blessed. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. If God sends you a prophet and you receive him as a teacher, all you're going to get is a teach. But if you receive him as he sends him, what is the prophet's reward? Is restoration. You will be restored. In fact, God spoke to me a number of years ago. He said, when I tell you, tell them that there is a prophetic restoring anointing upon your life. Those who recognize you as such and receive you. Those who honor you and align themselves to you. In the process of time, that same anointing that is upon you will come upon them. And it will restore every area of their lives. And believe me folks, I've seen it. I've seen it in in those who have truly honored the office that God has given me. This is not arrogance. This is not pride. This is what the Word of God says. Jesus said, if you receive Him, then you receive Him. If you reject the one I sent, you reject me. Amen. 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 Learn how to invest in the relationships that God has given you and blessed you. Now, receiving those whom God sends to you and joining with those whom God joins you will result in your growth and in your development in the Lord. Every relationship has a supply. And boy, I want every supply that I can get. I need it. I am joined to many men of God in my apostolic movement. I want, <laughs> I want to invest in every relationship because I need that supply. Amen? And you need it too. We need all the grace we can get. You will be helped. You will be assisted in every possible way in order to fulfill your God-given purpose and destiny in the Lord. Yet it's not that easy as it sounds, is it? Because it requires commitment. And I have found that most people are afraid of commitment. You know why? The fear of being hurt. The fear of being controlled. The fear of being abused becomes a major factor in keeping everyone. They will let you come this far. Hey, no more. And there's an invisible wall. People who have been hurt in the past, they put up walls. I've been hurt, but I refuse to put up walls and close my heart to anyone. Anyone can approach me. And they don't need to go through ten secretaries. (laughs) Every one of the people I shepherd has my phone number. My Viber number. And they can call me from anywhere in the world, any time of the day. Except 12 o'clock at night. (laughs) My phone is in my office at that time. 
Amen. Amen. It breaks my heart when I hear that a little sheep would have to go through three secretaries in order to make an appointment with a shepherd. This is not God, folks. What have we done? What are we doing? God loves people. Jesus was always accessible. We don't need ten bodyguards. Man, my stomach just turns when I see these things. Let me move on. All of us have been deeply hurt by people. Especially people we have trusted and loved. The devil saw to it that we got hurt. But that's life. You know, there are no guarantees. I will not be hurt again. Or you will not be hurt again. Three months ago, I had a 20-year-old relationship walk away. I couldn't understand it. Did it hurt me? Yes. But I'm going to go on and I'm going to go on investing in people. The people that God has given me and love them and equip them and train them, they may turn around and they may walk away. I don't expect anything from them. My expectation is from the Lord. But nevertheless, we're human. We get hurt. And unless we overcome this fear of being hurt, we cannot fully experience the blessing and the joy that godly relationships bring into our lives. We have to overcome this fear, folks. When you fall off your horse, do you stay down? (laughs) You get up and you go at it again. When you have a minor accident with your vehicle, do you stop driving? No, you get up. You get in behind the steering, you drive again. That's life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, we need to understand that I cannot be committed to the Lord without being committed to you. And we need to open our hearts to one another. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that you're not wise or discerning, but you know those relationships which God has blessed you with and brought into your life. And those are the ones that you need to to invest into. And one more thing. Character is built and strengthened as we begin to relate with one another. Why? Because we're full of imperfections. <laughs> it's not e- it, you know, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you're going to walk with his body as well. I have to walk with you. And now it's wonderful walking with Jesus because he's perfect. I don't have to exercise any faith or exercise any love. It comes natural because he's perfect. He's altogether wonderful. He never hurts me. He never does any harm to me. So it's easy to walk with him. That's why some believers have left the churches and they're fellowshipping at home. Me and the Lord. We're having a wonderful time, me and God. (laughs) Deceived. But I have to walk with you and you're full of imperfections. I'm full of imperfections. And I may step on your toe and you may step on my toe and you may say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and we get hurt, but it's wonderful. Because we have an opportunity to exercise love and character. 
Amen. Amen. That as we learn to bear with one another, to forgive one another, to, to respect one another's differences, we grow in our, in our character, we grow in our love. That's how the fruit of the Spirit gets to be developed. And I tell you, through the years, God has put some very difficult people in my life. And it is through those difficult people to love that I've learned things, that I've grown in character, that I have learned to pray for those who cursed me, persecuted me. I've learned the most valuable lessons in those times. Because I've had an opportunity to exercise and obey the Word of God. And so your heart grows, your character grows, you develop. You don't run away from those things. You embrace those things. And you ask the Lord to help you. You know that there are 58 directives in the New Testament concerning how we should behave towards one another. 58! Love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, bear with one another. Why do you think? Because it's important. And finally, in closing, Paul the Apostle, in giving directions for communion, there is a particular verse there. In Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27 through to 30, I'm going to read it to you. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. There is a twofold meaning here. In other words, if you do not rightly discern the body of Christ, not recognizing and not honoring the body as you should, you come under judgment from the Lord. What is that judgment? Many are sick. Many are weak, and many have died prematurely. Now, not discerning the Lord's body has a twofold meaning. Number one, the body of Christ was broken so that we may receive healing for our physical bodies. But there is another meaning. Not discerning means not recognizing rightly the body of Christ. And you are the body. If I don't recognize you as a member of the body because you are from another denomination, from another culture, from another ethnos, and I do not honor you and treat you with the same respect I treat the Lord, guess what happens to me? I come under judgment. I'm not saying that everybody who's sick is this is the case, but Paul says many. And many are suffering in pain and sickness today because they dishonor the body of Christ. They speak any way they want to. They judge, they criticize instead of loving, and then they come under the judgment of the Lord. 
If that is the case, Paul says, then examine yourself, and if you see yourself that you are sinning in that area, repent. And ask the Lord to forgive you. And if need be, go to the person and ask the person to forgive you if need be. And then, the Bible says, if we judge ourselves, we will escape God's judgment. So I want to ask you this morning as we conclude, what are your relationships like? What is your relationship with your shepherd like? Do you love him? Do you honor? Do you respect him? What are your relationships at home? Your husband, your wife, your brothers, your sisters, your children. Do you have peace in your heart that they are in right stand? If not, you need to make them right at any cost. Because it grieves the heart of God. And it should grieve our hearts as well. Let us put away selfishness and pride, put our pride in our pocket, and go and reconcile where we need to be reconciled. Let's stand and wait on the Lord for a few moments, please. Heavenly Father, we, we stand before you and in the presence of your Spirit this morning, asking you to do in us and through us what we cannot do. Lord, some of us have been hurt and some of us have been hurt deeply. Not just once, not just twice, but every single day. Some of us have been deprived of the love, of the kindness, of the gentleness, of the consideration of those that are closest to us. And as a result, our spirit hurts. Our soul is damaged and broken. Enable us to find in you the forgiveness that we need so that we may release those that have grieved us. That we may forgive those that have hurt us. And not only forgive and release them, but embrace them and pray for them with the wonderful and unconditional love of God. Father, we cannot do this in our flesh, but you promised. You never tell us to do something that you do not give us the grace and the love to do it. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would minister to our hearts individually. Pray that you would minister to everyone within the sound of my voice this morning. And help us to restore these relationships that you have given us, my Heavenly Father. I want to thank you for all the wonderful relationships you brought into my life. I want to thank you for my wife, Lord, of 42 years. Thank you for her love and thank you for her support and thank you for her obedience to you and to me. Thank you for the years that she has followed me and honored me. Thank you for my children for the love and the respect and the honor they give to their parents. Thank you for my grandchildren. And I want to thank you, my Heavenly Father, for all my wonderful partners, both here and abroad, for the prayers, the support, and the wonderful love and generosity they have given to me over years. 
I value them and I appreciate them and I pray for each and every one of them. And so here we are, Lord. Here we are. Here we are. If you're hurting today because of a relationship that's been damaged, I want you to raise your hand. And raise your hand to the Lord. Not to me, but to the Lord. And I want us to believe together, those of you that are in need, those of you that have raised your hand, I want you to believe with me that the anointing and the grace of God will come into that brokenness, into that devastation, and bring restoration. Father, I pray for those who have raised their hands right now, And in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and I speak restoration to these relationships. Holy Spirit, by the anointing, your word declares, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Father, thank you that a process of restoration has begun. And I give you praise for bringing those relationships into wholeness and into divine order in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the work you have done today. Thank you for the shifting of our minds and the shifting of our hearts. Thank you that the word we've heard today, we decree and declare, it shall not return unto you void, but will accomplish that which you please, and it will prosper in the thing with to you sent it. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.